Hey. <laughs> oh, man. Right, take two. Doing these intros doesn't get any easier. But he- welcome to episode six of Sitting In. Today, I'm going to be sitting in with Chris Leggett. Chris is a really good friend of mine who I've known for years. And it's been really good to sit down with him today to kind of catch up and see where his career is at because it's changed a lot in the last five years. So, as always, I hope you are staying safe and enjoy the podcast. Yep, all good, mate. All good. Sweet. What's happening, Chris? Not much, mate. How are you? How's it going? Good. Not bad. I see you've uh, you've moved house. Yes, I'm in a whole new room, which is um, a massive mess. There is boxes <laughs> everywhere, so excuse the mess. But no, yeah. new house, new studio, all good. Sweet. I'm also in a new room. It's not a new house, but um, you know the situation. Someone yeah, might be coming to fix a window, so I decided to be in a safer space. <laughs> We might have a guest. Um, yeah, totally. So where are you now then, Chris? Right now I'm at home in Manchester in the UK. It's right, absolutely I'm freezing. Yeah, what's the temperature? Because it's cold out here as well. Uh, one or two degrees. I don't know, cold. Ah, so it's pretty cold then. It's probably right. colder where you are, I reckon. But Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I've not actually been outside. That's the thing when, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, sometimes self-employed and that means like being at home a lot. Or yep. like out gigging, I guess, or out teaching, or whatever it is you're doing. And uh, sometimes I just don't know what the weather's like. Yeah, because like I'm just locked in my room. Yeah, you just go like two days without leaving the house because you like got a deadline or you're just working on something. I'm like, oh, I need to go out today. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I feel that. And you go out and you're like, the fresh air is so nice. Yeah, like, like it makes such a difference. I think it's important for sure. But um, I guess the last year must have been quite different for you in terms of. Your location, because obviously we're talking about being cold in Manchester and like the UK generally right now, but you've been all over the world in the last year. Like, do you want to yeah. tell me a bit about that? What have you been doing, man? I've been very, very lucky this last year that I've been traveling pretty relentlessly with an artist that I work for most of the time. There's a UK singer called Harvey. So this year has honestly been nonstop since January, just traveling. Just got back from Jakarta about a week ago, where it was about 37 degrees. So obviously, come back to Manchester and it's like winter's just happened overnight. It's <laughs> absolutely freezing. Um, but no, yeah, I've been got everywhere this year. I've done a UK arena tour, supporting the Vamps, and then the rest of the year has mainly been doing like international promo, which has taken me Asia, America, all over really. So it's been amazing. Sweet man. And is this your first sort of like tour? I guess like, or have you done something like this uh, before? No, I've done quite a few over the last couple of years, but this has been the first year where it's been pretty much full-time traveling and touring. Um, so it's been a lot of time away from home for the first time. Yeah, basically, it's the first time it's been this relentless. Right. And how have you found that to be? Like, obviously, that would be... I can imagine it would be quite challenging. Yeah, obviously, it's amazing. You go to places like I probably never would have been to Jakarta, for example, were it not for this. Um, you get to see all these new places and it is really cool. Downsides, obviously, like everyone says, it's hard being away from friends, family all the time and kind of like having any normal sort of life at home is quite a challenge. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Totally. So I I think we got to know each other pretty much because of Instagram and I find myself saying that to nearly everybody on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> which is honestly just so cool. Like this one app has kind of brought so many people together mm. and I think that's sick, but um, I knew of you as like a, a guitar player who played in about London, I guess, and mainly a teacher. 
And I know when we first started chatting, we'd done a few kind of FaceTimes and all that. And mm. you were you were mostly teaching and you were telling me how hectic it was, like even just doing yeah. the admin for all these different skills and stuff. Um, so how did you go from that, right? Something you obviously seem to enjoy or you were doing a lot of yeah. it anyway, into like touring for a whole year. You know, <laughs> like what, what, how did you get there? Well, so... Like growing up, my thing was I always wanted to do the session thing. Obviously, I was very conscious that I lived in Manchester and not in London, where the reality is that is where the majority of that kind of work is, especially in the pop world. Yeah. So I finished university in 2014. And straight away from that, I went on like a function contract in the Middle East for four or five months in Bahrain. Like you're just playing like covers in a bar every night. Right. Came home from that and I was like, oh, now what? Now what? And I, yeah, kind of found my way into teaching. So probably about six months later, I was teaching in primary schools, five days a week and teaching private students at night. And obviously while I was doing that, I was kind of finding my way to like work with different artists, local bands. Kind of did that for about two years. And it was at this point, probably these, towards the end of 2017, I met the guy that I'm currently touring with. And then, yeah, it was towards about midway through 2018, it all kind of just got a bit crazy. Like, he'd signed a record deal in the UK and in the US, and things basically just picked up from there. Yeah, I actually remember you sending me a text about, like, maybe you'd just done the audition, or or maybe you didn't have to audition. I can't remember the process, but you're like, yeah, this is, this is getting a bit mad. And you were telling me about how, you know, you couldn't even get to the gig because there was so many girls outside the venue. Yeah, like, yeah. And that was, like, one of your base. first experiences, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the thing was, like, I absolutely love teaching, but it got to the point, I think it was last summer, where I ended up in America for a few weeks, and I was just like, I can't really commit to teach anymore as much as I enjoy it. Yeah. So it was a process then of kind of, like, trying to find a replacement teacher for the students that had winding on the schools, obviously. And then, yeah, I've been so lucky that kind of the touring just hasn't stopped since then. <laughs> yeah, nice. So do you still enjoy teaching? Because you've taken a year off, essentially, from something that was your... I guess your profession main, as was well. my main thing for a few years, yeah. Yeah, like, do you have you fallen out with that, or is it something you no, just put on all. the back burner? Yeah, it's on the back burner. I have done one or two one-off lessons this year when I've had a chance. Um, it's definitely something I 100% will do again. I absolutely love it, as you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the kind of thing where it's so hard to commit to it. If, for example, one week I'm here, the next week I'm not, and I don't know when I'm going to be back. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So you no, can't, like, matter. really promise anyone any sort of, commitment or progression you can't see anything through so it's yeah. kind of if i'm gonna do it now it's probably gonna be one-off things right have you ever like i imagine your schedule when you're touring is pretty hectic right yes like, do, you have a, yeah. do you have all right so there's sometimes free time then i guess yes or sometimes it's downtime um downtime. sat in the airport sat in a hotel doing nothing waiting for the gig right um, so have you did you ever consider not that you'd need to but did you ever consider doing like skype lessons you know I while you're have, on the road yeah, do you know what? I haven't actually done any on the road this year. Um, I have done Skype lessons from home before. Um, but yeah, like, I kind of thought, like, if I don't know where I'm going to be, don't know what the inter- whether I'm going to have Wi-Fi, whether yeah. I mean, we might not have an in-space, might not have the right gear to do it. So I just no, don't totally. want to promise anything I can't do. Yeah, no, I've had a similar situation where I wasn't on tour, but I was out traveling and for a long period of time. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm sure I could keep my Skype teaching schedule up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just so hard, man. Like, even if you're like from the UK to Europe, there's only one hour difference, but then it puts everything way out of 
like sync. It's like, well, someone in Detroit was five hours. Now they're yep. six hours, or no, no, actually they're four hours. You're doing it's so crazy maths. <laughs> yeah, and I think my knowledge of time zones has gotten like pretty decent in the last yeah. like, <laughs> three or four years. But uh, you're still doing quite a lot of Skype lessons, aren't you? A, a fair bit, yeah. Like not as much as um, maybe when we first started, kind of getting yeah, into. Yeah, because you're it. doing like, a crazy amount. I think then. Yeah, you? I done I done great with that, but I think. I've managed to somehow get a bunch more students in the UK <clears throat> who are like the same type of student I would get for a Skype student. Mm. Like, because obviously a Skype student's not like an absolute beginner usually. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't really teach someone through Skype if they were a beginner. Um, yeah, I always found, I don't know about you, but like the people who wanted a Skype lesson often had something very specific they wanted to learn. Yeah, it wasn't so just I've like been I'm a beginner. Teach me to play. Like, aye. So I've been quite fortunate that a lot of my students now are coming to me for things like that. You know, they want to look at improvisation or like sort of get into jazz a bit, and yeah, um, that's great. So I'm not like really teaching many kids at all, like about how to play. I don't know, Twinkle Twinkle. Happy birthday. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's cool. But um, the Skype thing can be quite kind of hard to manage when there's time time differences as well. Like. Or time, time, what do you call them? You know when you change time zone? Yep. Yeah, and I learned that like Singapore doesn't change time zone ever. No, I've just been there, I should know this. Um, yeah, no, they don't. And yeah, they, no, they pretty much just have summer all the time. Like yeah, I'd, I had a student there for ages and then I was like, so I'm changing the time zone. And he was like, what? What's a time zone change? <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have a clue, man. But um, yeah, anyway, back to back to your, your interest in life. So... <laughs> Touring around the world in 2019, essentially, right? To sum yep. it up. Cool. What's like, what's one of the favorite places you've been? Not necessarily for the the, the actual concert that happened, more like the yep. the place. Um. Okay. Can I narrow it down to two? Sure. Number one, Norway. Ah, oh, where about? I've been to Oslo a few times. Um, I don't know why, just something about Norway. Absolutely love it. The place, right. the people, the weather, just everything about it. Really cool. Second one, um, might be an obvious one. I got to go to Tokyo in February. Sweet. And just, it's so different. Like, it's, it felt like you're in a different world. Yeah. Absolutely love it there. It's amazing. It's the kind of place where you just get there and just go, wow. So like, I kind of feel like you've been to New York before, haven't you? Yeah. You know, when you go to New York and you're from the UK and you stand there and just go... It's huge, man. Yeah, like, everything's whoa. massive. Everything's crazy. That's kind of how I felt in Tokyo. Cool. Um, so, that, yeah, them two for me. Yeah, no, nice one. And what about, like, your least favourite? <sighs> least favourite? There must um, there must be somewhere you were like, oh, I just didn't like that. Um, <laughs> Probably some of the UK places. <laughs> oh, really? What, like Glasgow? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I love Glasgow. I think I came to Glasgow oh, really? last year. Mm. I don't know. I don't want to offend anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. No worries. No. Man. no, I think like you always have the places that are like your favorite, and then there's places yeah. that are like you know it was all right. Some places are certainly like more difficult for travel. I imagine Tokyo would be like a total bollock, no? Just yes. Yeah, well, I guess some places like that, the traffic like traffic can be insane. Like the Philippines, traffic was insane. The place was amazing, right. but traffic was a joke. Mm. Um. Yeah, and just like some places more difficult than others for getting around in terms sometimes as well for trying to find backline if you're trying to find gear. So, you know, I use a Kemper most of the time. Some places you cannot find, like you can barely even find a guitar amp, let alone a Kemper. Wow. So, so backline I, yeah. can be difficult in some places, but 
deal right, with it. Right, so doing all these fly dates, right? What um what is your rig? Because I know you use a camper. Um, maybe you want to talk about about that. What guitars you using? And yeah, okay, so and you um, are you're playing guitar. Are you doing any keys on this gig? Uh, not on this one. No, I'm doing guitar and playback, which is a whole right. other world. So running right. tracks. Um, but guitar, I use my Fender American Deluxe Telecaster, which I've had for years. It's probably seen it on my Instagram. I use that. 95% of the time amp wise it totally depends if I can fly my camper I will if not and I can hire one I will take a USB stick uh, failing that I have a little sans amp pedal somewhere which I can't see right now and that does the trick if not it's a funny story I ended up doing a show in America last year where couldn't get any backline didn't have my camper didn't have my pedal and I ended up using have you seen them um the adapters you can get for your phone to use, like iRig. Honestly, yeah. I, play, I played a show in New York using that, and my phone was on like 8% at the start of the set. I was just sat through the entire, it's wow. like a half an hour set, just watching my battery go down. But it didn't sound that awful. Right, damn. <laughs> if you just need like one clean tone for an entire gig, got me through it. That's That must have been like so nerve-wracking, no? It was, it was horrible. I was just sat, I could see the battery going down. I think I finished on like 2%, but somehow it made it through. Damn, man. Um, but yeah, that's it for amps. When I have my Kemper, I just use... I have everything programmed on there, all my patch changes, all my effects, and I have to use the foot switch just to bank through for each song. And have you profiled any amps yourself, or is that mostly just buying <laughs> people's... I probably should have done, but I have not. I've mainly just used... Um, yeah, I've bought some profiles. The Michael Britt ones, everyone yeah. loves. So I use them a lot of the time. I do have one or two amps at home that I would like to, well, I'm planning to try and profile, just to see how it turns out. What, what amps do you have? I, I'm not, I don't know what you've got. I have a, a Marshall Vintage Modern, it's called. It's like a 50 watt plexi kind of thing. And I have a Fender Blues Junior somewhere. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. And um, I was going to ask, so you use the camper quite, well, a lot. Yeah. Have you considered using or buying the uh, like the floor unit thing? Like that's probably easier to fly with, no? Yeah. Do you know? I've seen, because they only came out about a month or two ago, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't reason. properly looked into them yet. Because I was a couple of weeks ago considering. You know the HX Stomp the Line Six thing. Yeah. Seen that. I've heard, seen, and heard loads of guys using that who absolutely love it. So they that's sound great. I'm considering. Yeah. That's what I mean. I've watched. I think Pete Thorne's got an amazing demo of it. It's crazy yeah, on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Some kind. But no, of, I'm. Sorry. Have you got one? No, no, I'm blown away by all this stuff because for the longest time I was like, I just want a tube amp and I was like totally cool with that. Mm. And um, I had a Fender Deluxe that I thought was great. And then I got a, a DV Mark Jazz 12 amp, which is like a solid state jazz amp. It's completely different from anything I'd had before. Yeah. But I use that all the time now because the yeah, style of music I'm playing, it works great mm. for that. Um, but... In between that, I got a super amp. Uh, yeah. So I've got that, and that's that's sick. But it's like so, like it's so loud, and it breaks up quite early as well. I find, um, mm. and I do use that for recording quite a bit. But I'm recording it into a sure uh, reactive load box. How is that? I've been looking at them as well. Yeah, it's so good, man. Like I when I first got it, it took me a while because I think they sent me like the wrong adapter. So I was getting some weird, like, electrical noises. Like, it, mm. it didn't sound good. Um, I eventually fixed that by just using a different plug. Um, <laughs> but 
as soon as I got rolling, I was like, I was literally playing and I was like, there's nothing coming out in the room. Like it's, it's so bloody good. Yeah. Like the impulse responses, like they've just captured, like, I think it's mostly Celestian speakers, but like the sound and the feel of it is like, is bang on as far as I'm concerned. Yep. It's fantastic. Um, and I've used that even to record my solid state amp and it like does it fine. It's, mm. it's great. Um, and I live that's, in an apartment, so it's like... Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the Kemper. I know they have a... Well, that whole technology does get its criticism saying it doesn't feel like an amp. But like for me, it's most of the way there. And especially yeah. if not, we did a show about two weeks ago and I just ran the Kemper through a 412 cab, turned it up and it felt great. Yeah, no, I can imagine, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there's always going to be people who are like proper tone snobs. But I think for the most part, man, if you put a Helix next to like a Deluxe Reverb, it's like a lot of people won't be able to tell the difference. No. Um, and I also think like to see that Fender's brung out that new Tone Master amp. Have you saw that? Yeah, is it the Deluxe Reverb Tone Master one? Yeah, and I watched, yeah. uh, do you know Rhett Shull? Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Right. I watched it yesterday. So I watched his video like three days ago or something and I was like, wow, like... I'm just amazed that like Fender are even invested in this technology. And that's like, I think that's a big jump. It's like if they started making MIDI guitars because everybody used yeah. them. It'd be like, whoa, Fender are doing it. It's like Marshall The coolest thing next. about that amp as well, sorry. Um, that amp, it actually looks, it looks like the original one as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. like some companies have made similar things, kind of like redesigned the entire thing. So it looks like a totally different thing. This looks like a cool amp. Yeah, no, I think totally. they'll do really well with it. No, I think they will, and I would even consider buying one. Like, mm. uh, but coming on to sort of my how I fit into this uh, digital side of things. Um, so I got my two nice amps, and I've got something that I can record them nicely with. I guess mm. that's digital. But I actually bought an Axe Effects uh, AX8. No way, when? Um, months ago, man. I've kept it quiet because uh, I was gonna say I haven't seen anything about this. All right. Well, I'm. This is news. Yeah, breaking I'd, news. Um, yeah, breaking news. <laughs> no, I think people have sort of my story, and I've definitely made videos with it as well. But mm. I'm not. I mean, I'm not actively promoting this product for anybody, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not pushing it because I don't have to. It's not. <coughs> it's not work. Um, mm. But yeah, my friend was selling one, and I'd been looking at like campers for a while, and I was like nearly ready to buy one, and then I thought like, oh, just having a floorboard thing all in one and i was looking at the axe effects and you could only get them like pretty much custom made from fractal yeah um at least that's what it looks like on the website and my mate put it up on instagram he was like i'm selling this for a really good price like i'll make if i do sell it i'll make four or five hundred on it like just easy um so i thought oh well I'm, I'm i'm super interested in this like gear may as well buy it just to try it uh that was about eight months ago or something and um, I'm just blown away by it. Like, seriously, it's so bloody good. And a lot of people, I think, see Axe Effects and they think, like, I don't know, like metal. And, metal, yep. But um, that's not, I mean, that's not what I get at all. So um, when you play it, what do you run it through? Are you doing it on headphones or have you got, like, a monitor speaker? Like, what's um, your rig when you use that? Well, when I use it, there's two, there's a couple of different situations in which I use it. Mostly... Oh, I mean, it's changed so much. I'll go through them all. Um, so you can use it live right in at the front of the house and mm -hmm. sounds banging. Preferably yep. you've got a, a a monitor 
like that's that's preferable so you can actually hear yeah. yourself um there's that situation then there's just recording at home can go straight into my interface and i, I can just have any tone i want like seriously yep. it's like a camper i guess but it's not yeah, yeah same kind of yeah. it's actually modeling amps um but where i'm at now actually is that you know i'm quite happy with the amps i've got and so what i'm doing with it at the moment i've got set up to replicate a pedal board with no amp or cab sounds ah uh, okay so essentially i'm using it as a multi-effects a very expensive multi-effects pedal yeah um <laughs> but it's just i i think it's amazing because of this right I can have this box thing, pedal board, right? Um, and I could show up, say I was doing what you're doing, right? I wouldn't have yep. to worry about if there was backline or there wasn't because I'd always have either a pedal board or a pedal board with the amp built into it, you know? Yep. And it sounds killer, man. Like, I've not A-beta against a camper. Um, I'm sure there would be differences. But again, to like your average Joe who's not like an audiophile, it's like... Uh, I think it sounds bloody amazing. Yeah, like that's the thing with both the Kemper and the Axe Effects. It's about to me now. It's about getting the job done, especially like in the context of like a pop gig. What I do, I'm like, is anyone in the audience going to care or notice if my profile of a deluxe reverb isn't fully authentic? Do you know yeah. what I mean, to me, if it feels good, I can play the parts well, gets the job done, then I'm happy. Hundred no, percent. It's so cool, man. That using the Axe Effects. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, it does everything like and more i think i was a bit overwhelmed at the beginning and that's why it took me so long to like actually getting around to getting some good use out of it but um i just took my time and like made a bunch of uh i guess you'd call them profiles but mm. they're called scenes on okay. Axe effects um and yeah it's like i've got a bunch and then you can download them from the like the axe exchange yeah. or whatever it's called just like the camper kind of vibe i've not bought any profiles yet because i think the ones i've got sound totally fine um but one thing i'm interested in is when i'm in the studio next like which i guess will be recording my my thing um i want to like take all my amps and just yeah. see what actually sounds the best because maybe it'll be a case of like the axe effect sounds great for some things but like miking the super sounds better than the reactive load for example but yeah yeah I don't know. I'm just interested to see how this kind of technology works in a situation where I need it for myself. You know, because if it's like a session or something, I feel like I can just, I can get whatever tone I need out of the stuff I've got. Yep. Um, you know, if someone wants like a country sound, it's like easy. It's like, I've, I've got that ready. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I'm really like trying to search for my own thing in the studio, I guess it'll be a bit of a tone hunt. But I have no doubt that the That's stuff the I've got part. will be fun. Yeah, and it will be fun. But um, I'm also fairly simple with my tone, man. Like, I don't use a lot. Like, I was setting up this pedal board, and I can have literally any sound I want. And it, it's so basic, man. Yeah. Like, I've got, like, <laughs> two different drives. I'll tell you, I, the most exciting it gets, and this is me trying to be, like, I don't know, like, total extra. It's yeah. like I have a I have a rotary like simulator and a tremolo like a Leslie. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's that's about as like it's quite fancy that fancy <laughs> as I need. Other than that, like delay, reverb, drive, compressor. Uh, I think that's all I use. To be honest, uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Do I use my compressor? Yeah, I use a compressor as well. Uh, yeah, that's about it. 
Yeah. How? Do, so, are you ever using your board with the uh, the camper? Yeah, sometimes. If it's a UK date, I will do because obviously there's only so much you can fly, and yeah. it's just easier to have less stuff sometimes. Um, but yeah, if, like UK gigs, I will use a pedal board in front of it, depending on the gig, obviously. And what's that um, look I like? Do still have pedals. Um, it's not here, but off the top of my head, I have the Keeley Compressor Pro on it. I have the Keeley DNM drive. I've got a Tube Screamer. I've got a couple of Strymon things, reverbs, delays. I've got, I think you might have this as well, the Line 6 M5. Have you still got that? Yeah, I don't use it, but oh, I've got cool. it. There's so much weird stuff on there. I love that pedal. Yeah. Sweet. And um, what about um, the DNM drive? How are you using that? Because there's two channels on that. Do you use yeah, the, so- the left side to drive? Let me hang on. Let me get this the right way around because you can sw- you can put one into the other, can't you? Yeah. I know one side is a tube screamer side, isn't it? And since I actually got a tube screamer, I kind of stopped using it that way. But I use the boost on it. I kind of stack. I mess around with drives all the time, stacking them in different orders. Yeah. Like totally varies. I don't have any. I'm not that fussy to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No. Neither am I. But I think in the DNM drive, I've found that the way it works for me is I use it kind of like as a. It's almost like a clean boost, but mm. I almost use it as my clean tone with like a little drive. So it's not like oh, okay. sparkling clean. It's like a bit hmm, a bit muddy, I guess. Um, mm. And I have the, the tone way down because I quite like, I don't like a bright tone at all, really. Yeah. Not for my stuff. Um, I like it more kind of dark. Um, and so on that side of the pedal, the boost what I do is I put that into the drive and I have the drive, like the gain at like nearly zero, just so that it's boosting oh, okay. like with a little bit more headroom, the yep. clean side. It's really like, I love dual channel pedals. Like they're so fun. Uh, I had mm. a Wampler dual fusion as well. Didn't you have one? Yeah. Of them? No, um, I borrowed one for about a month, a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I, actually, I really like that actually. No, that was a great, yeah, like, seriously good pedal. But yeah. what happened with mine was I'd bought it secondhand and then the, like, the right side of the pedal stopped working. Like, the, just the pedal. Oh, just the actual switch. Yeah, the switch. The switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I took it to get fixed and guy put a lot of glue inside it. Um, <laughs> and it worked okay. for, like, a week. And then I was at a gig and it just done it again. I was like, this is oh. ridiculous. Like, yeah. And then I was, I hit up uh, Wampler and they were like, oh, send it to this guy down in Leicestershire or something like that. Mm. Um, but send on like your receipt or something like that. I was like, I've bought second hand. Like, yeah, yeah. So annoying. Like, I feel like I've lost a really good pedal. Uh, I, I sure I could get fixed from someone else, but the person probably made a mess of it last time. Yeah. Do you good. think the, does the DNM fill that space then for you? No, it's, com- it's completely thing. different. Completely different? Yeah, for me it is. Like the, hmm, the Wampler is like, oh man, it's such a different pedal. Like that's, to me, that's, the Wampler is like a Tube Screamer and uh, I don't know, some sort of higher gain overdrive. Not high gain, but like, maybe like a Rat or something like that. Oh, okay. Just maybe. different, different flavour, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's like Tube Screamer and something martially maybe. Yeah, okay. Right? Right. Whereas for yep. me, the DNM is like, I don't actually think either of the sides are like a tube screamer. I see it more as like, uh, there's the boost side, which might be like a, hmm, what's like a good boost pedal? Those little um, small exotic ones, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then the other side is like, 
it can get heavy as hell, man. You like, can get a surprising really. amount of gain out of them, can't you? Yeah. And like, you can really push them. Yeah, it's probably more like a a distortion pedal, I think, mm. um, which I don't use. Uh, so that's why I try and use it as something that will push the right channel a little bit more. It's really interesting, but I think my favorite overdrive sound is just like a tube screamer. Like, that's fine. Yeah, like, it works, doesn't it? it just it's does the so job. good. Like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was watching a video recently about, uh, I think it was like, all the different tube screamers John Mayer had used on different records and like comparing yep. the sounds and it was totally nerdy. But um, I just have like the, I, if there's any like tone snobs listening, they'll probably like laugh at this, but I just have like the tube screamer mini, you know, like the new, like I've mini one. one of them. I've got one. Yep. Yeah. Like I don't even have like the old one from the eighties or whatever. It's just yeah, like, yeah. this, this sounds good to me compared to what i used to use i used like yeah. a joy a joy american driver or something like that, or vintage I used to have some joyo pedals yeah well it's been weird for me like obviously since i got the kemper whenever i wanted high gain i'd just use a profile that had high gain all right and that's kind of like that translates when i use amps now so obviously i've got like a marshall and it's really cool just to like when i need a high gain so i'm just use an amp as loads of gain yeah it's just like a different way of doing it Totally. No, it's the same so it's with the, the, uh, the way you'd originally do it. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> so I forgot how much fun that is just to get an amp and just turn the gain up and just turn it up. Yeah, no, definitely. I like that about the axe effects as well, because I can push yeah. on the floorboard. Like essentially what I could have is like one pedal board set up and I can have one button on that pedal board to link to a new pedal board with the same profile. Okay. So essentially yeah, yeah. I could I could link pedal boards uh, times whatever, a hundred or something mm. and have basically as many as I need. So what I've done is I set up my pedal board and then like I push this button just on the, the foot switch and it takes me to an ambient pedal board. So then I have like okay. a completely different pedal board just for ambient tones. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, like it's ease of use, isn't it? Like it just makes so it easier. Easy, like, yeah, but I don't necessarily endorse this product at all. I just think it's quite cool. Yeah, um, same, same with me and the Kemper. It's yeah, have cool. you tried the, um, the Line 6 Helix? Do you know what? I haven't. I've never tried one, no. I've yeah, watched I. a lot of demos, um, heard a lot of good stuff about them, but never actually physically plugged into one. Yeah, there's a really good player called Jonathan Cordy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's his name. He uploads, like, daily with this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he's always... So <laughs> yeah, he's comparing everything, like the, the new Strymon pedal as well, which I also think looks and sounds amazing. Yeah. Have you saw that? Yeah, I've seen a little bit about it. I need to look into it further, but... It seems like, like kind of some of their recent stuff's been crazy. Some of the stuff they've done. Yeah, I just think because there's so many brands jumping on like the digital bandwagon. It's like I guess they're doing it to stay relevant, which is sensible. Mm. But there's gonna be some good stuff made, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think obviously Camper and Axe Effects and I guess Line Six were doing the main things. But I'll be surprised to see, or I won't be surprised to see people like. Um, TC Electronic, for example, I'm sure jumping they'll make on board. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Which is pretty, pretty sweet. But yeah, what? Um, now you're at home, I guess. For how long? Uh, I got a couple of weeks at home now, which is nice. Nice, sweet. Couple so, um, what guitar do you think you're going to be grabbing the most? Or are you not going to be grabbing them? Do you know what? No, I am. I have been playing. I still play. I, I mean, how productive that playing is tends to vary. Um, right. I. When I was in America, start of this year, maybe last year, mm. I bought a Mexican Strat and it was my first ever Strat because I kind of grew up playing a Les Paul copy yeah. and then got my telly, so I kind of missed the whole Strat thing out. 
and I absolutely love this strat, and I think I now might be a strat guy. Oh, so damn. I'm potentially looking in future at getting another strat. Do you know what kind? Like, would it be a Fender or? Well, I don't know because there's, there's so many other builders now who make S-type guitars that are amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw a friend at a gig the other day who had one. I think it was an LSL. It was called. Oh yeah, cool. I that know. thing looked crazy. But yeah, there's so many now. But I definitely do want an S-shaped guitar. Nice. So that yeah, you're in an exciting position. There's so many. Like, oh, I um, I obviously have my American Standard, and I think that's great. Like, I've had that. That's my first like proper guitar. Is that the white one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah other yeah. than my uh, like first beginner guitar, and then an Ibanez that I got. But um. Yeah, I also played uh, Owen Chen's Sur Strat, and that was nice. Yeah, they're um, really good, aren't they? Yeah, pricey, but I. But the thing for me then is like, yeah, if they're a similar price, like a custom shop Strat, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I need to have a look into what. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people are playing. Um, oh man, I've forgotten the brand name. Maybe not LSL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people on Instagram are. That's what I mean. I'm them. seeing them everywhere, and they sound really good. Yeah, I've never heard them like I mean, I've heard them through my phone. That doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, but I've never played one and I've never seen anybody in the UK with one. Um Yeah, be cool to try one, I guess. But I'd be looking at like have you seen any of the exotic strats? No. Um Like the no, com- like what kind of thing? Like no, well, I mean, oh, like sorry, the, right. the, the company exotic, like, like, like exotic colors. Then. No, 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 exotic. Yes, I have seen them. Sorry, because they look cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, they do. I think the thing for me, I don't know about where you live, but like a lot of guitar shops in Manchester, well, we don't have many anymore. Don't tend to stock anything that out of the ordinary. So it's like to play these guitars is quite difficult. All right, no, we're quite lucky. Yeah. We've got a shop called Guitar Guitar that's like pretty good. Oh yeah, they even stock the Angelical now, which is great. Just crazy, um, yeah. But yeah, so when you're when you're hunting for a guitar, right? You're, I'm just mm-hmm. like curious because I think it's it's exciting. Um, yep. What are you looking for in this strat? Then is it like do you prefer like a, a flame top or is it like a just a matte finish or gloss or like are you looking for something specific? Or are you just gonna see what happens? I do have I do like the Sonic Blue ones. Oh, really? I would imagine you playing a red one for some reason. No, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe like a Fiesta red one. I do. I like the old, like the classic coloured ones. Right. Um, But for me now, like it's more about how it is to play. Right. Kind of the feel of it. Like I think Strats look good in most colours, to be honest. The only one I probably wouldn't get, I've got quite a few Sunburst guitars, so I'd probably stay away from that. But (laughs) other than that, to me, yeah, it's how it plays and how it sounds now. Yeah, no, 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 I totally agree, man. But I have totally fallen into like Sunburst guitar land. Yeah, you, like my yeah, so like, many. without even realizing, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, like I when I started playing, I was like, yeah, no, I like white guitars. Yeah, for whatever reason, probably Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I got my white Strat, <laughs> and I thought that was sick, and didn't even consider a sunburst guitar. Like I thought they were over, over, I don't know, overused or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got my Ibanez GSM. Yep. Which was when I finished uni uh, three years ago, maybe, maybe four, I don't know. And after that, I feel like I remember you getting that. Yeah. I know you when you got that. Yeah. No, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I think you knew me when I only had a strap, pretty much as well. Yeah. It's been a while. When I first followed you, yeah, you only only ever uploaded videos with a strap. Yeah. That was probably all I had. 
Um, so yeah, got that Ibanez GSM, and that's that's a great guitar. But it kind of ignited my love for sunburst guitars. Like I just, yeah. oh, I love the way they look, man. Um, <laughs> there's different things I would go for, but like on the D'Angelico, it's like I look at the colors available, and it's just like sunburst just looks the best to me, man. It like, does look cool. It looks so cool, doesn't it? I love it. It's like and. You don't sometimes realize it until you've got someone over playing your guitar. And it's like, oh man, my guitar looks good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I get that with the, uh, you know, I've got a Telecaster, right? Yep. An American Elite one. And that's, uh, what do they call it? I think it's Cherry Burst or something. Yeah. And that finish is just so nice. Like, uh, yeah, the only thing I don't like about my telly is the gloss is so shiny on it. It's like when I'm on stage, I can like feel it reflecting the light and just oh, blinding right. people. <laughs> That's like the only thing I could change on mine. <laughs> like a laser. Yeah. Have you had any like kind of, I don't know, funny or like top moments from like touring that have been like, like awkward moments, you know, like just situations. Yeah. Something like that. Or even oh, off stage. Uh, also on stage, all sorts. I've had guitar straps break. Oh. Yep, broken cables. I've dropped my guitar. Nice. Um, I've fallen over, tripped over some lights. Um, yeah, all sorts. <laughs> all right. Honest. Good. I, mean, I hope you own well, it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tame other than that, to be honest. Cause like, my whole thing with touring is like, it's trying to stay healthy. That's the hardest thing. Right. In terms of like, it's so hard to have any sort of sleeping pattern. Like, so hard trying to eat properly. Mm. So do you find yourself just... a wild answer you're looking for? But... Yeah, no, no, totally. Like, I hear that common. Like a common yeah. cons- or a common complaint is like just sleep, food. Like- yeah, they're like they're the two hardest things to try and manage. To be honest, yeah. like it's obviously it's the kind of thing where when you're traveling, like you eat wherever you can. You like when you're driving in the UK, you yeah. end up eating at like a motorway service station, and you have whatever fast food you can find. Like on a tour, kind of imagine that for a few weeks. Yeah, it must be <laughs> so pretty hard. I'm kind of lucky yeah. that. Like I tend to travel with my girlfriend a lot, and she's just so good at like scouting out food spots. Yeah, it's like because she just loves like finding good places to eat, and um, yeah, maybe if I go on tour, I'll have to like take her, take her with you. Yeah, yeah and she like can be like the, the food, uh, the food locator. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I need. <laughs> nice, sweet. So 2020 is uh, it's pretty much here. It's upon us. Yeah. What's what's happening in 2020 with you, man? Um, well, at the moment it looks like more touring. I'm also kind of getting into more the production side of things cool. not giving away too much because um, I've always kind of done that I study production bizarrely not performance which I'm really grateful about now because like mm-hmm. some of the skills you get from that I feel like are really useful so yeah productions a bit of songwriting as well and more touring sweet man like at the moment I'm still toying with the idea if I know we used to speak about this all the time so obviously you're recording your own album aren't you mm. And it's like, for me, something I've always wanted to do, but I was never sure, like, what kind of form it would take. Right. Like, how did you decide? I'm turning it on you now. No, how did cool. you decide, like, where you wanted to go with it? Do you know what I mean? Because I've never really yeah. known All right, so music, what it'd be. I have a, a great answer for this. No, I have an answer for this. Um, so you're, you're very much the same as me. It's like, you can play a lot of styles, like, pretty well, I'd say, right? Thank um, you. <laughs> obviously, you're a... I guess you're kind of a pop guitarist right now. Like, that's your yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But you can do many other styles, like, pretty well. And I, I sort of find that I fit into that category as well. But mm. for me, that's just because of, like, that's where I've, like, I've gone through all those styles to get to wherever I'm at right now. And yeah. um, 
when it came to uh, I guess just writing some ideas for the album I never actually thought I'm gonna write an album I just wanted to write okay. some ideas and so the whole process was based on me just like exploring music I guess and like seeing what I wanted to make it sound like um and then I remember having a chat with my friend Vincent uh and then we were talking about like how I didn't feel like I was ready for like the like to release anything for example or like maybe the tracks weren't finished and he's like man you've been sitting on these tracks for months like are you sure they're not finished (laughs) and we just had this whole big chat about like what's not finished blah 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 and it just came down to like being honest and like all right, maybe you know that this is possible and it could sound a bit more uh, Jonathan Kreisberg-y, right? Yep. <laughs> but you're not bloody Jonathan Kreisberg, right? Yep. Uh, just do your thing and it makes it so much easier. So the whole project is based on me just doing, I guess, what I want to do. I could yeah, fit nice. into a box of, being honest, yeah, that's the whole kind of yeah. uh, slogan, I guess. Um, but, fuck, where was I going? Sorry, I was saying you could fit into like a, Boxed. yeah yeah cool so i could fit into the box so like i guess it's a jazz record like there's gonna be a lot of improvisation and uh mm-hmm. it's a quartet like kind of jazzy i guess but um like there's tracks that sound like it could be radiohead in a way or it could be uh what else I don't know, man. It's contemporary instrumental music, but it sounds, as you can say, it's all instrumental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it yeah, sounds yeah. like me, and that's kind of the point. And I'm not really concerned with anything else other than like I, I, I need to do this like creatively so that I could move on to something else. Otherwise, yeah, like, I'm just gonna sit on this and it'll be like just still brewing for another bloody year. And I'd rather especially just, what you said about like being ready. Like I've really, you're never ready. No, you're like, never ready. There will never be a point where you're like, I am ready to release the album. Here it is. That yeah. just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, never. So I think what this is, uh, is a snapshot of where I'm at right now. And it's inspired by everything that I've heard up until now. And mm. I'm supposing the next one will be exactly the same. Like it'll be a snapshot of where I'm at. I'm probably not going to try and write a country record, you know, cause it's not my thing. <laughs> um, I would love that. <laughs> it'd be like the one country like i know over like a whole album but no there are other projects kind of in the pipeline that i really want to get into like i love collaborating with singers and like sort of songwriters mm. and uh, bringing like i guess in a way bringing what i have to their music and making it a bit different and so i've always wanted to do like an album or maybe just like a short kind of ep style thing where I choose, like, say, five different songwriters and we collaborate on something. And it yeah. wouldn't necessarily be, like, it's not about me, it's about the collaboration. And the project wouldn't necessarily be, like, uh, even under my name as an artist, it'd be, like, whatever the project was. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I just love writing uh, in any situation. And, yeah, I think that'd be quite a fun thing to do. But then there's other things, like, I want to make a solo guitar album as well, where it's, like, just guitar yeah like no drums no bass nothing just like i'd love to do that but it seems so intimidating doesn't it (laughs) well i think it seems so intimidating but sean angus watson right mainly the inspiration for this because he was saying it's like he's released maybe i want to say two potentially he's working on his third i can't quite remember but he's released at least two albums and you know what it's literally just like guitar loop and it sounds great and people love it and he loves it right that's the main thing obviously um I was just thinking it's like I I just love improvising and I love doing it just on guitar. I'm sure mm. I could have recorded like over the course of a year at least like seven, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like maybe 
yeah, using different guitars, different uh, styles, but yeah, I think that'd be fun. And I don't know if you've ever heard the album One by Jonathan Kreisberg. Yep, I've listened to that. That is monstrous, and it's one yeah. guitar. He's so good. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's been here before. Like he's yes, yeah. he's, he's definitely done his ten thousand hours in like three other yeah. lifetimes, <laughs> which is funny. But yeah, on that topic, you've got a little bit of time off potentially. But what what's on your mind musically, like as a guitarist? Because you used to shed a lot, and we used to chat a lot about like what you're working on, what I was yeah. working on. Like what what do you want to get better at or? Um, well, yeah, I think like first off, it's interesting how like over the last year and a half it kind of changes because obviously, especially in the pop world, it's very much not about the guitar. Obviously, yeah. I'm not trying to be the guitar hero. I'm not playing licks. Not it's like straight ahead rhythm playing the majority of it. Um, so yeah, like kind of that side of the playing kind of takes a back seat. So for me at the moment, it's more about kind of just playing for fun, like remembering why I like playing guitar. Not that obviously playing the pop music isn't fun, it is really fun. But yeah, it's just making practice fun again for me. And like a big thing for me, I think I've said this to you before, Lowe's is just improvising. That's one thing I always want to get better at. Don't mm-hmm. think that'll ever go away. Because yeah, it's something, I don't know, you, you'll you know more about this, improvising. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's uh, it's you, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, quite it's... easy to get in contact with that, but it's the development of that that's hard. You know, it's it takes a lot of work, but... Is there anything in particular you want to work on in, like, 2020? Because I have, like, every year there's something, like, it might be a very large topic um, or it might be, like, one small thing, but there's always something on my mm. mind that's, like, I want to get a bit better at that. Um, I am going to do a podcast, like, about practice uh, probably yeah, soon, actually. <laughs> Just because I, I want to share some ideas and, like, kind of set the, like, start the year kind of with some, like, good yeah Intentions. I guess and for me as well I've kind of like I'm trying to learn to play keys a bit better cool so I feel like I don't know I think just the way I, I wish I'd been taught piano from a young age instead of guitar I wish I'd started that first I feel like in general piano is kind of just taught properly like you can't really make <laughs> as many shortcuts as you can with guitar like we've spoke about this a million times like yeah. when you learn guitar you can learn to play quite well without knowing anything do you yeah. agree yeah, no, totally. Like, you can learn a few shapes and play averagely and have absolutely no idea what you're doing. That was certainly me when I was But younger. that's why there's so many like <coughs> good guitar players and not a lot of great yeah, guitar no. players. Yeah, I well, think. Yeah, because yeah, I kind of like, I remember getting to a point a few years ago where I was almost like undoing everything that I'd learned. Right. Because like, yeah, I can play like blazing fast pentatonic licks, but I've got no idea really what I'm doing, when to use them. How Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I think like with piano, it's kind of, it's just, well, from speaking to a lot of piano players I know, like, their knowledge is just, they have much less gaps than we do in general as guitar players. Right. So, yeah, for me, it's always just, like, filling in gaps. Cool. Sweet, man. I think, like, it's always good to have something that you want to get better at. Otherwise, yeah. you're just not progressing. I mean, I, I also do argue that you are progressing, even if you just pick up the guitar. Like Yeah, it's, just it's, playing. Yeah, right. just playing. Like, you're going to progress. But I think it's important to set kind of small goals and mm. yeah i'm kind of looking forward to next year and hopefully i can learn how to play a bit more guitar but um i don't think you need yeah that. man <laughs> sweet so yeah, what do you want to work on what do you, me all right again yeah um there's a couple of things i want to work on uh, i generally just want to get better at like learning more tunes 
just like mm. standards and like or not even necessarily standards but like tunes that i like um so i want to do more of that and i don't mean like learning a solo i mean like you know the jazz way of learning a tune yeah um so i want to do more of that but that's not my kind of forefront i want to i'm really interested in the sound of the harmonic major scale okay i've been yep. shedding that for like maybe a month and a bit now maybe even two months uh and i don't know how you feel about it but whenever i get into a new like sort of i guess a new scale not meaning like the dory mode is a new scale because really it's like yep you can see that within c major um mm-hmm. or sorry within the major but like a, a new set of harmony like melodic minor harmonic minor whatever it may be yep. it takes me ages to like really get into my plan oh so, yeah so like yeah cause it's one thing obviously learning the scale but actually being able to apply it is like that's where the work is yeah so i want to like uh get better at that because i really like the sound of it so uh I guess that I've started already, nice one. but it's just something I want to like get comfortable with. Cause I sometimes feel like there's only so many colors I can paint over, um, like a major chord, for example. And, mm. uh, I know there's a million different ways of doing it, but I'm interested in this approach for, uh, the next while. See how that goes, but just keep it fresh. Yeah. I'll speak more about that in the, the other podcast, but yeah, man. All right. So if we could wrap it up with, uh, maybe one, last question that i think yep. you're like the best person to answer right now um what advice would you have to a younger musician or not even a younger musician just someone who wants to get into touring with like i guess the kind of acts that you've been playing with what advice would you give okay so first off what i would say is, so when i was younger and i wanted to do this I always thought like I'd leave uni, walk straight into a massive pop gig. Very rarely happens. For me, I think the best thing you can do is kind of like make some sort of living from music at first, whether that be teaching or something similar. Just that kind of gives you the time then to start playing with like local artists and start networking and meeting people. Because the biggest thing for me is it always comes from just knowing the right person at the right time. Because like people in general will always want to use either people they know or people they've worked with before. So kind of like building your network is the biggest and best way to like finding work when it comes to this kind of thing. And then other than that, just being really nice, playing in tune, being on time and playing well. (laughs) 